In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. She wants a writer that's cool, y'all. What is up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. That was from Grease 2. That is Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, it's Michelle Pfeiffer uh, from the sequel to Grease. And the song is called Cool Writer. And I was in love with Michelle. I still am in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. But I remember seeing this as a kid. And um, I... (laughs) It's. I thought it was the coolest thing, and Michelle Pfeiffer was so cool in this movie. It is. I think the movie. I haven't seen it in like a, two decades or something insane. But I, <laughs> and then I had the cassette tape, you guys, and I would blare it going to work or school. And this is like had to have been like fifteen years after the movie had even come out. And I was sitting. God, I was such a theater geek. Like I thought I was a badass, and I was listening to like. Grease 2. Not even the first Grease, but by the way, Grease 2 is an awesome movie. I highly recommend it. There is a song uh, that's all about bowling. It's called Let's Bowl Tonight. We're gonna stroll. We're gonna roll tonight. And they're dancing with bowling balls, which is just so bizarre. And at the time, I remember thinking, like, there is nothing cooler than this. Wow. These guys must get a lot of girls. This is This is pretty cool. I'm going to do more musicals. Uh, The reason I play this is because I know our guest today loves Grease 2, like I love Grease 2, and and she's one of the most famous uh, single writers of Bravo in this last year. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City's Heather Gay. You guys, Heather Gay is on the show today. You guys know if you listen to this show, you know... How big this is for me. I was so excited. And you guys, she killed it. She crushed it. She's so... I I think this interview, even if you guys don't like it, which I think you'll love it, 
I will always, I, I just, I, I was so nervous about this one. I, and I know I say that a lot, but I, I really was, you know, there are certain people on Bravo that we connect with. We might not all connect with the same person, but I connect with Heather. I connected with Heather's character on this show uh, very deeply. So this really meant something to me. And I think, I, I, I think if you didn't like her already, you're gonna, you're gonna love her. I, I really loved her. And, and here's the deal. I don't know if you guys heard, but something is, and I'm not sure what it is. Something's going on with Jen Shaw. <laughs> no, something's going on with Jen Shaw. Of course, yes. There's only, I just want to be honest with you guys. There's only so many things I can talk to her about. And there's only so many things I would even push her about. Because here's the deal. I want to keep talking to Heather. I want to talk to other people in the Bravo universe. Um, how this usually works is that like, I can't, I still think there is so much great information in here. We talk Rihanna. We talk first scene. We talk Lisa Barlow. We do talk Jen Shaw. We do talk season two. But these guys are also under certain orders and certain things like that. Uh, she's not looking to get in trouble. I'm not looking to get her in trouble. And I'm not looking to get in trouble because I want to keep doing this. But even saying all of that, there is a lot in here, you guys. There is a lot in here. And also just, I, I just... I, I laughed a lot. I think you guys are going to laugh a lot. We have some emotional moments. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I'm just, I'm over the moon about this. And I don't, you're like, hey, Ryan, you're really selling it big up top. No, I, I, I don't think I'm selling it enough. Um, I'm going to just, I wanted to read you guys one thing and then we'll get right into it. Because I could talk about Real Housewives of New York, which I watched tonight. Ooh, man. Um. I know, and I'll probably talk about, I know I'm going to be talking about this on Thursday's episode with my guest, so I'll save it for then, but, um, uh, you know, uh, man, Luann, ugh, I don't know, I, I, I want to sit with my thoughts tonight, and I'm probably going to watch it again, but it was, uh, it was a lot, it was a lot, it's, uh, the nude part was fun when they did the, the nude drawing. I mean, and by the way, Sonia, if you're listening, I would love to buy one of those nude. She, she drew like a bunch of, she was very serious about her nude drawing and that would be great for my reality show museum. Um, I wanted to read you this. I talked about this, I think on Monday's episode maybe. Um, but I was talking about Kate Winslet and, uh, and I was talking about that that when she worked on a movie called The Holiday, you know, Jack Black, Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, she, um, you know, my my friend was working on the film, and he he's a great guy. Just a, he's been one of my best friends since college, and he was working on this film. He has a um, a scene in it, but he was also a stand-in. Now, a stand-in, if you guys don't know, is when like the main actors will uh, you know they'll call second team in. And that means like the, the main actors like Kate Winslet and Jude Law, they get to go away and then other actors come in so that the cameras can light and, you know, light the cam, you know, light the actors. So it's usually an actor of the same height, uh, look, that kind of thing. So my buddy worked on the entire film and he kind of got close to Kate Winslet. And I remember um, I remember him during this time and he just he could not have said more amazing things about K.K. Winslet. Just said how amazing, and it's so it's so amazing to hear great things about people you admire. Um, and uh, the reason I'm bringing all of this up, I was just so blown away by her performance in Mayor of Easttown on HBO that just ended this past Sunday. And they, they revealed the ratings. It is the 
the highest viewed limited series in HBO's history. And that's crazy because I think they do limited series so well. But, uh, you know, I think on one of their last days, she wrote him a note. Um, she said she'd been thinking of him as, you know, about an actor and just wrote him a note. And I just thought that this was so beautiful. I mean, just it, these are basic tips of an actor letting another actor tell them some advice. But I think you can kind of draw other things from this. And I, I love that. So it says, dear, I'm not going to read his name, but uh, it says, so here are a few things I want you to remember, exclamation point, exclamation point. One, when you don't get a job you want, there's always a reason for it. And they would have been lucky to have you, their loss. Two, always remain quietly confident. Your act, it, always remain quietly confident in your acting ability and in yourself. All three, always do your homework, learning lines, thinking about your character, immerse your spirit in the whole story, research, even do silly walks sometimes. Four, and she underlines this, be confident. It comes across. Five, never appear desperate for a job. They can smell it a mile off. Six, learn your lines, especially for auditions, as it is guaranteed to impress. Seven, when shooting a scene, be in the moment as much as you can. Sometimes even going for a pee can throw you off. Eight, try not to rehearse in front of a mirror. You'll begin to lock into facial expressions as opposed to feeling it from within. Nine, always be there for off camera and in costume and give your fellow actor exactly what they gave to you. And then she names another actor that doesn't do this. Um, but what that means, you guys, is just to fill you in always. So you know how they'll, if you guys don't know, you know, they'll say they're, they're shooting Kate Winslet and they're shooting her angle. So it's directly on her face. But the other acting partner is still in there, but they're not being picked up for the camera. What she's saying is always be there even if you're not on camera. Always be there for your partner. You know, always be there to look in your partner's eyes even if you're not showing up on the screen. Um, you know, sometimes the tendency is potentially to get too big. And even to think about this in your own life is that never get lazy, you know, always show up, try to always show up, even if it's easier not to for yourself, always think about your fellow person. And I thought, I thought that's such a cool one. Um, 10, be pure and honest. If it comes from the heart, you'll never go wrong. Um, and then she wrote something personal to him, but I love that. These are all so simple, right? These are all so simple. And of course, they're geared towards acting, but I think acting is really a study of life. And I think that why, you know, this is just so simple. And you think of somebody so brilliant like Kate Winslet, and it all comes down to sometimes these very simple things that we all take for granted. We all, you know, but sometimes in this simplicity, it can it can speak volumes. And, and we see the brilliance up there. And this is something that is so... It's so exciting because, you know, this is like a blueprint uh, for success or just a blueprint to be honest and in the moment. And, uh, you know, like I, I even think about that in terms of uh, this podcast, just being honest, being in the moment. And the reason I wanted to read this is because of Heather Gay, is I think she in this interview and in the first season of this show, she is so honest and so pure 
And it comes across, you know, she showed up and it comes across all of this. Now, I do think, you know, she says some things and, and she, like I said, we, we get into this a little bit, but there's only so much. But I mean, it sounds like the second season is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And uh, I know it might be uh, real life for the people involved, but I think. I mean, I hate to say we're in for a treat, but I think it's going to be fascinating. And, and like we talked about, it's it's rarefied air over there. There's not a lot of shows that are going to have a second season like Salt Lake is about to have a second season. So I think the anticipation for this thing is going to be crazy. And also, I just want you to remind you, she is an actual friend of Jen Shaw. So remember that, you know, put yourself in that position. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Jen, and I've 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 been very uh, critical of everything that is going on, and I'm very interested to hear more and find out more. Um, but overall, that's that's a small part of this interview. Uh, I think Heather's story is fascinating. Um, you know, her relationship, her as a mother, um, uh, her uh, her dating, um, all of this stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed this because this was such a treat. Heather, if you're listening, thank you so, so much. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday. What a week. Also, yeah, you're going to hear that commercial for BetterHelp again. Please, if you can, uh, type in the, you know, betterhelp.com forward slash so bad, and it'll take you to a link where you can read more about it. But I'm sure it helps me uh, because remember, this is the first week that I've had a commercial and I'm really, really proud of it. Proud that we did this. Thank you for allowing me to do this. And uh, I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited to have talked to Heather today. So uh, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. I really hope you like this. Bye. Okay, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am so excited to have my next guest. You are not going to believe who I'm talking about. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know I have talked about her since the very first episode of her first season of what I think is an iconic Bravo show. She is one half of the supergroup Bad Weather. She is a woman who is blazing her own trail. Uh, she is the most iconic single writer. Uh, and I think she's just a clarion call for everything that is good and pure in the Bravo universe. But we'll see if she's going to fall uh, prey to that second season curse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Heather Gay. Heather, Hello. how are you? <laughs> it's too late. I've already, I've already yeah. come to the second, se- the season two curse. I think See, I. I, I want to get into all of this with you because I know I think you're a Bravo fan. Like, in fact, I know you're a Bravo fan even before this happened. But okay, so I do need to. I'm going to ask this question, and this is going to set the tone for the entire rest of the interview. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Will you marry me? Yes. Okay, well, that's a great interview, you guys. Let's see. We'll see Heather on the second season of a real. No, um, uh, I actually would love to do a spinoff called Heather <laughs> After. Heather married. Are we gonna be so like good double uh, uh, double writers with Heather and Ryan? Um, yeah, it'd be like Ryan Bailey hyphen Gay or Gay Bailey. <laughs> I mean, either one can make that happen. Um, okay, so there is actually no, there is actually an elephant in the room that I kind of want to get out of the way up top that everybody is going to be wondering about is, um, is Beauty Lab going to open more locations soon? Is that, <laughs> is that happening at all? Yes, dude, that is in the work for sure. That's the big question. Everyone's just, you know, white knuckling the answer. So don't worry.
worry. You can sleep. Rest assured, <laughs> we're expanding. No, uh, the the obvious uh, question, and and uh, because I know this will hopefully be uh, talked about on season two, and I know there's only so much we can talk about, but there is a character, and I think one of your friends. I don't know if you're aware of her on the show. Uh, her name is Jen Shaw. Oh, and, I've heard of her. Heard okay, of her. yes, you had a lot of scenes with her in the first season, and uh, there is some stuff that is potentially ha- or that is happening that we all know is happening. Um, I know you can't really talk a lot about it, but like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? You filmed the second season already. So is, yeah. is, what is I it talked about? Is, this, is, this is the biggest, hugest thing that has happened to our community and to our group of friends and to Jen personally and to me personally. I mean, this is big and it's real. And um, if anyone... I just think my experience of being a housewife and being on this show has been the number one question everyone asks me is, is it real? Is it scripted? And I'm like, it is so real and it is so not (laughs) scripted. And there is nothing about it that is even, even manufactured really. This is truly the emotions. I mean, the dinners are planned and the parties are planned and everything else is a whiteboard of emotion and passion and, misogyny (laughs) well I feel like your first season it's like you guys were almost at a level of like fifth season you guys were like a well-oiled machine and you're like 15 or 16 episodes but then second season rolls around and like the rumor and I know the rumor was all this happened supposedly on camera like this is supposedly you had just finished uh started filming the second season but this is like something that happens like nine seasons in like this is in something insane and obviously something that's very real so I can't really joke about it because it is something that is ongoing and something real. Yeah. Um, but how, I mean, it's already bizarre being on TV. This has got to even just send it to the next level of bizarre. Yeah. It, it sends it. It was, it had two, two, um, it had two results, I guess. Yeah. Two outcomes. And what I was going to say is, so it's all very, very real, but it's also hyper-realized. And I don't think anything's bigger or hi- more hyper-realized than, a federal indictment or your friend, you know, facing prison. Like this is hyper-realized drama, but it is real and it's happening. And so what I can say is like, it does feel like we're 10 years in, but we're only second season. Everything plays out real time. We are in it with her. We are going through it as friends, as, you know, as people who for the first time in their lives are public figures and for the first time in their lives have to answer to not only their families and friends, but to a worldwide audience and to also see their trials and struggles played out and, and subject to public opinion. So it is, it is all the five horsemen of, yeah. of drama. You know yeah. what I mean? You've got yeah. I mean, it's like everything and-, and crime and passion and loyalties and friendships and, all on the backdrop of Salt Lake City, Utah, you know? And, and which, by the way, I, what I love about your show so much is that it, what I always told people when talking about it, I said, why your show has so, like legs, I feel like, is that you have this backdrop of religion. You have such a foundation, which the other housewives uh, shows do not. And I'm not talking even just about the Mormon religion. You have Mary's religion, you have like, but all of that. And that's such a strong foundation because it's not been explored in these shows at all. And especially you, I mean, your journey, like you really did have a journey from your first episode where I was like, oh no, she's going to get like, she's going to get really like nailed down by this whole process. And then by the end where I was like, oh my God, you rose above and you like each was episode. Was that the impression I gave? I did not rise above. No. No. 
wait, no, wait, wait, Heather, you were completely honest. Okay. This is what I, I, and I, I, I know I'm over talking, but I, I, I'm, uh, I'm a divorced man and I, um, your journey and, and some of the things that you said really hit me at such an emotional level of, you know, maybe even things weren't completely right, but I would, there is this sense of potential failure that I, that I, you know, I stood up in front of people and the same thing with religion, you know, when you do this under a backdrop of God, you know, that is so huge. That's more than just like your normal cheating or lying on Vanderpump rules. That's like that you're talking a lifetime commitment and then even into the afterlife, but you were so honest about that. And you weren't like some like kind of wilted, like wallflower. You were still like confident, funny. We saw you even pick up that dude at Sundance. We saw, you know, like you weren't like some, so the journey from the first episode to the end, you saw this full range of a person. And that's what I loved about you. You know? I appreciate that. I feel, um, I feel like, I'm going through this journey. Like it's happening. I mean, I, I don't know if you know how I got on the show, but no, can you tell me actually? I, yeah, I, I purpose- absolutely. Well, I was a Bravo fan and I entered the Bravo fan sweepstakes and I saved all my cereal box tops and all my <laughs> box tops. I put it in an envelope and I just entered <laughs> and I won the lottery uh, and I got picked to be the fan. <laughs> but that's kind of how I feel. Like it feels like I had, um, you know, if we were to go back to like the core person who I was, even just going through the divorce, like, so I've had these big, huge shifts or schisms in my life, you know, and divorce was the first one because it separated me from like, who my whole life purpose, you know, and and I also didn't have a way to resolve that within the context of my religion for myself. So I had all these battles going on, like my personal identity, my family identity and my, you know, Mormon identity. And so the first like thing to fall from that was the marriage. And then the second thing I think was the religion. And you guys kind of got to see me going through that process at the very, very beginning. Yeah. So I, I look back and I see my growth from the filming and that's really only, you know, 16 weeks, but then you magnify that by the year and a half before it aired and where we're at now and I have left, like, if I had boulders in my backpack, one of them was the shame of my divorce. And the other was the conflict and cognitive dissonance with my religion. Yeah. And I've kind of, you know, certainly I've taken those boulders out of my backpack, but I'm still wearing the backpack and I'm still, you know. Yeah. There are these scars that you, that, yeah, there's these scars that you learn to live with that you eventually kind of get proud of because it's a marker of something that you went through. But when you're going through it, you have no, I mean, at least for me, I have no, it, it was such foreign territory. Um, I, I was raised uh, in Kansas and then moved to Arizona. And I, I first met my, my first like Mormons and I, my best friend was Mormon and he, um, he uh, got my other friend, uh, Dusty, he, uh, what is it, when converted him to Mormonism and I watched him go on his mission. And, and I, what I will say was that I'd never seen such a close-knit group of people and they all had smiles on their faces and they were all so nice and so, and I just really love that aspect of it. But of course, we know that with any religion or anything, there are these other things. Um, and and part of it is so weird because you would think in your time of need, it's like, well, isn't that the time they flock around you more? And we saw you where by the end, you're like, are we going to church on Sunday? Are we, you know, like you're going to be talked about or gossiped about, which is 
kind of a fun uh, metaphor for the whole Bravo universe. Um, <laughs> but like, but also if you're so used to that, I mean, it's something that you miss in a way. And do we do we see you struggle with that more in the second season? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't go away. I'm still as effed up in sex season two as I was in season one. I can't, uh, I think I'm still working every day to reconcile what my new moral center is. Yeah. Because it's been ascribed to me my whole life. I didn't ever, it never mattered how I felt about something because how you feel is a betrayal to what you're supposed to do, right? You feel like you want to party. You feel like you want to have sex. You feel like you don't want to go to church, you know, but you don't, that feelings shouldn't matter. You choose, you make choices and you do, you know, you, you detach from those feelings. So that's can be really. So it's like this marriage though of like, of, of, I mean, that's what you say when you went to Vegas, you're like, oh, there's drinking, there's this, there's that, like all of the bad things are potentially in Vegas, but that is like, just because all of these things you're, you're now able to do doesn't mean you should. And I, I mean, thinking, I was, I was thinking of, are you watching Real Housewives in New York this season? Yes. Wait, do you, wait, that's what I was like. Are you like, do you, shy away from watching these shows like I would figure it would like give you like a pit in your stomach watching like Leah McSweeney's doing second season and she's converting to Judaism but we haven't really gotten too much into that like do you take notes when you watch these shows no I mean I I I think um I was a student of the show before I was on the show before I won the sweepstakes (laughs) 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 Uh, but now it's um it's so much more real that it feels like I don't watch it all. I just barely like we wrapped season two a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I barely like mostly because I want to catch up with them as my friends, you know, because I have a, a dialogue with Leah and with people on Dallas and I just don't want to be like an asshole that doesn't know what's going on in their life because you do kind of just assume that if people want to keep up with you, they have to kind of watch the show because yeah. so your life is playing out there and it's exhausting. So you don't really, you know, you just, you don't want to reference something and have people like, Oh, I don't watch, but I'm still here for you. You know, like, I know that like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've been trying to catch up. And um, when I watch now, you just, I just feel empathy. I just feel empathy and admiration. And, and I laugh more. I laugh more yeah. like, you know, now you get that it wasn't the producers making that happen. You get that it's just like, of course, when the cameras are on you, you can't button your jacket, you know, or you look like you've never toasted cheese before. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the second it happens, just like, oh, I, I know where my yeah. spoons are, but the second the camera's on you, you can't find them. And you look like this fumbling woman that's pretending to have a kitchen. But yeah. so I see those moments and I laugh because I know they're organic and real. And I just feel admiration and empathy for all of these women because it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also it was, I think a, a different level of hard for you and potentially Leah, because your shows premiered during a worldwide pandemic. You didn't, you weren't out on the streets. I mean, maybe you were, but I mean, if you were, you were masked potentially. And, and, you know, you, you didn't get to it the same way that other housewives have in the past. So I can't imagine what it's like to have the only um, litmus of how it's going is through social media. Right. You know, and I have a very complicated relationship with social media because kind of my experience once I started the process of the show was really, really horribly negative. So I, um, I don't, you mean at the, the very beginning, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like in the very beginning, you know, Salt Lake's small and we're insular and kind of like what you're saying about these close-knit Mormon friends you had in Arizona. And you see these people and they're so genuinely happy and service-oriented and good-natured and fun and loyal and, and you know, have a sense of humor about themselves and everything in the world. But at the underneath that, there is just a pretty rigorous demand of who we are supposed to show up as every single day. And that it's gets hard to do. And I forgot where I was going with this, but <laughs> no, we're talking about oh, the beach. We're, so insular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so insular. So our code of conduct is so like, it's not something that's probably accessible to the entire nation. So they see us and they're just like, these women are crazy. They're fighting about like flashing or they're fighting about yeah, good time girl. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They're fighting about things that, um, but it's because we're such an insular close knit community that when the show, when we started filming the show, I mean, it was like we were famous before it had even aired in in Salt Lake City. And they didn't and were I'm sure they were worried like what is revealed? What are they saying about this religion? What are they, you know, like and yeah. that's got to be interesting. And I'm sure even your ex was potentially worried about that. So I can't even imagine having to deal with all of that before anything had actually made it to TV. And it it was it was really hard because I hadn't come out yet. Nobody knew how I felt really about Mormonism. I hadn't said anything, but just name rank serial number. You know, I'd shown up every you Sunday said it, active in the community. I thought you said it so beautifully though. I mean, I thought you, you really explained it so, so well, I thought, and even kind of that, that it is like, and even right now it is like you say that you think about this every day. This is so ingrained in you. It's part of your fabric. And, and I guess for, in a way for, for Whitney as well, uh, which I love, I mean, I hope your guys' friendship is very intact because I really love you guys together. Oh yeah. We're blood. Buzz and cousins. (laughs) How can you not adore and love Whitney? Like, There's another one. See, that's why I love, that's why I love audiences because she has like a little, like she has a meek voice, but by the end it was like booming, not, it was still meek, but it was kind of booming because she stood up for herself. I mean, she was horrible at the hip hop party. She did not explain that whole situation well to to Lisa and Jess. (laughs) I mean, just this off, like really got awful, but I loved, I loved that she was, she was wanting to do the right thing. And I loved that that in turn set Lisa off because Lisa, I mean, that's just, and I'm not trying to, but like just character archetypes. If you're looking at Lisa, I don't think she thought you guys would be fan favorites like you were. And by the time you got to reunion, I think that had all added up in her head where I thought she thought this was going to be smooth sailing. And especially I told you this before we started filming was there any aspect I know you guys, you actually are real friends with Jen, but Jen is so loud and so outspoken and such a, like a vibrant personality that I was like, it looked like all of these ladies thought she is the lead of the show and I need to make sure I'm okay with Jen Shaw. And that's why you saw, cause I was like, why is Lisa and Jen putting up with this? And why are you guys putting up with this? And she was always at the center. Is there any truth to that in your head? Um, well, when you're, what you're watching, yeah, of course there's truth to that, but it's not in the sense that it is so, um, such an obvious agenda. It's really, it's not because she's going to be the star. So I have to attach my wagon to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she is a star when you're in the room with her, she is magnetic and charismatic and you want to, you want the Jen Shaw sunlight to shine on you. And you kind of, because of that, you know, 
the only person that I think did, is completely immune to that, but she's aware of it, but she's immune to it emotionally is Mary. You know, Mary could give a shit how charming she is. Wait, wait, yeah. wait does, do you she, actually film with Mary this season or is she just with Sharlinda in the closet? Of course, Mary's okay. at everything. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, yeah. okay. Mary's at everything and she's a hoot. Yeah, she's great. So she's immune to that. But I think I think a lot of us just get drawn into that energy. So yeah. I think that plays out. Um, I don't, I think that the only thing that looked really calculated um, is kind of the timing of Lisa's friendship with Jen, which is what we addressed, you know, in the reunion. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's still kind of a running topic because that one, that would be where I would think kind of what you mentioned was playing out, you know, like yeah. she kind of had seen the shift and the airing and the star power and potential and was like, well, I'm not going to miss this boat because I'm a smart woman you know well, yours, and I yours was, yeah yours was very genuine when you guys went to the uh dirty bathtubs and uh in when the, I in the like a child in the dirty no wait, but by the way you were very honest that was like to me i was like that is me to like because you were like i'm just worried that you're going to leave me for these other friends and she i was like me. it was done i was just giving her the opening to like fix it but it didn't happen so i was just like <laughs> but why take her to dirty bathtubs? It was just very dirty in the middle. And then she broke the the fourth wall thing. And um, no, but I thought you see that's, but like honesty always is the best policy in these shows. I feel like you were just being honest. And I think you then have empathy from the audience, but you weren't like, just, you weren't like a, like, cause in Vegas you stood up to jet. Like, I don't know. You had, wait in Vegas, did you have to pay for the clothes or was that really a gift? Cause I thought that was like the weirdest gift ever to take yeah. you away from the racing and then make you try on these outfits. And then it never was said, like you had to pay for them, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Nothing. Was no, that's yet. not a gift yeah. then. That's not a birthday well, it gift. It's a private concierge shopping experience, you know, okay. it's part of the show. It's, it's a chance to get us alone and doing something fun that we love and interactive. And, you know, I, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> there's nothing gifted in life. Everything now, there's no good deed. Now you have uh, three of my favorite, um, uh, I guess, side characters on the show, which are your daughters. And they actually are really, um, I mean, they are all really amazing and they all support you so well and they were so well-mannered and behaved, but are they upset they do not have a product out yet? Are they, they Fresh <laughs> Wolf, we got the Brooks Marks tracksuit. Are they aiming for some kind of tracksuit skincare line? Listen, they would, they would love to have a tracksuit a skincare line. <laughs> they would love to have all of it, but they are just, you know, teenage girls and they have a mom that's totally self-absorbed and not helping them. Oh, that's so ridiculous. Ventures. Oh my God. Wait, did they, did they ever call it? Do they think you gone Hollywood? Are they always like, Oh, look at my Hollywood mom now. No, they kids keep you humble. Like they don't like I was, I'm trying to do this podcast. I'm like, I'm on an international podcast right now. I don't know. <laughs> stuff that, and they're just like, are my graduation announcements done and what's for dinner? And like, <laughs> they, keep, they keep you humble and they, they're the best kids in the world, but they, it hasn't changed their daily. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not, they don't, I but don't they, know. They, they were so, uh, they were just, you could sense how good of kids they were on camera. You know what I'm like? Cause I've watched every housewife episode and then, Sometimes, you know, you've seen seasons of other housewives where they aren't that way, you know? So it's like so refreshing to be like, oh, these are like really good kids, you know? Or they're acting for the camera. No, they're they're wonderful kids. And it's been kind of like with adult hindsight and like a lot of therapy that I can see that a lot of their uh, kind of magnanimous qualities, things that make them maybe 
more emotionally intelligent than the average 13 year old is because of the divorce and because of the, the growth that they've seen me or the struggles they've seen me kind of go through and their, their desire to kind of, uh, supplement and take care. They don't, I don't think they're entitled, which I love because that's kind of a trigger for me when like a kid's entitled, like, yeah, yeah, you know, and I think that they are better, more compassionate, more empathetic humans because they've, they've just, you know, what they've been through. How long did you struggle with the decision of actually, once you got offered this show of actually doing this show, because you, you have seen how this show works. Usually you have seen the progression of these characters, I mean, I'm sure it was very exciting, but I know you probably, did you wrestle with the decision at all? I mean, no, not sure. God damn it. <laughs> 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 it was just like, where do I sign? Do you think what do you and mean? Then, and then halfway through, you're like, what did I do? Oh my God, no. No, that's, that's being glib. The truth is I never believed it was real. So there was never this, there's never me sitting down with the option. I just thought, okay, listen, they're stringing you along because you know a lot of people in the community and you're, and you're revealed, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're and this is up to the point of doing like the sizzle reel and stuff. So I never believed it was real. And then even then when we filmed, I thought this is so fun. This is so great. And I totally get that it's probably me just like getting all these people together and then just like letting them go off into the sunset. I never believed that I would be a part of it. I never believed that I would be, you know, cast. And so, and even when it was cast, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's going to be one of those, you know, my so-called life, one season wonders. You know? Yeah, I mean, but like, so. I would, that would be a gift, but you know what I'm saying? One of those things that just like, you Google yeah. it, you can't find it ever again. And it happened and it's, it just goes away. So I don't know even now if I've let it sink in the reality of it. So, but the opportunity I never flinched at because it just seemed like somebody said, here's a winning lottery ticket. Do you want to scratch it? Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Just never, I'm still feel grateful and I feel um, surreal. It still feels yeah. surreal. I have to imagine that reunion when you were actually sitting there in New York next to Andy, that had to have been just a wild experience because you, you, you did the show, you had COVID and then all of a sudden, I mean, because we've all seen reunions and now you're on the other side of that. Was that your experience? Like of just like, holy cheat, you know? It was exactly like I watched the reunion once. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I oh man! It once just and it played out like it happened. You know, yeah, that I third think episode all of us have gotten such a good edit. We have all gotten the best possible edit for who we are and what we put out there. That is the truth, and I would, I would defend that to every single one of my cast members. If they were sitting, if we were sitting crisscross applesauce in a circle, I would defend it to the death. And I could argue it with each of them. If they said, no, that's not fair. You didn't see me, you know, donating bread to the homeless. I'm like, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? That's why we didn't see it. Like you see what people are in the, in the in-between. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the camera had by some weird alchemy actually picks up on who people are. And like, you can, can like, you know, Jax always complains about a bad edit, but at the end of the day, 
you it still has this kernel of truth because cameras don't lie usually, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, as a fan though, did you crack up when Lisa said bad weather? Because we were like, oh, that's pretty, like, that's iconic. I mean, that's like now, I mean, that what a <laughs> gift. I was like, what a gift. Like, that like weird Kermit the Frog, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a gift. I mean, I was like, where did this come from? And then I was like, wow, you just got a catchphrase now, you know? I will, I mean, everyone calls me a doormat and a kiss ass. And I'm like, how can I not kiss the asses of these women? They are the gift that keeps on giving. Like to call me and Whitney bad weather and like, we are riding that bad weather tornado. Like it's our bitch. Like we just <laughs> that and we are riding it. Like oh. we love being bad weather. And I, I mean, everything that people thought was funny or meme worthy of me is from Lisa. It's not me. Yeah. It's Lisa. Well, yeah. I mean, that was like the huge, and by the way, you could tell like that, that third episode, especially when you guys really, you know, it was just kind of on fire. Oh, both of you guys, um, your journey I, on the I first was a different person during that reunion, because I, I wanted, I thought, I didn't understand. <laughs> what, just, didn't you, what didn't you understand? Like, you mean the relationship that- I didn't understand that... how, um, I think I was pretty naive. And I thought like, if I come in strong and speak strong and I'm mean and yeah. play, play on, get on this game board, yeah. that I win on this game board and we can, we can start fresh and we can just be friends. Or we can at least respect, because I don't even feel respected, you know, or seen at all. Yeah. I'm totally invisible. And we didn't film at all together. And that was, she did not want to film with me season one. I was not invited to anything. Yeah. I mean, in fact, she did that women in business lunch. And by the way, you are a woman in business. And I was like, this is exactly what this luncheon is supposed to celebrate. And I think the audience was a little confused. And I think at I that point. Confused because I, I'm on the show because of her. And now I'm like, not you know and well, I yeah know she said she cast the show she didn't act like she knew you even from college and that was the so it was interesting and i love love that you said that that you were aware that you came in with that kind of energy because it was this kind of person using their voice but you know you're a really nice person underneath it so it's it was like on top nice of it person. i'm not a nice person but i do genuinely want everyone to like i want to like everyone and get along especially these women more than anyone else in the universe i want to like understand them but I didn't understand that like I'm not even allowed on Lisa's game board so why did I even why did I even ask why did I think I could get on there and like spin and like play you know That's, like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not on that game board so I just I had to just realize that and just you know I looked like an asshole and I felt like one because I wasn't I thought I could fight fire with fire and yeah. I yeah, but it's like, well, and sometimes like you're, you're like, uh, potentially like an amateur fire fighter, you know, like you're like, ah, I'm just going to spray it everywhere. Yeah. No, but I mean, that was like one of the I'm things as angry as I can be. Cause I feel those feelings. I just rarely speak about it. You know, well, that's what I talk about on a podcast all the time is that feeling of like, you know, like the people that are too cool for school. I really dislike that because I tried to be that, like I wanted to be that. I wanted to be accepted by all of the cool, like even in podcasts and you're like, I hope the, which is so funny to even say cool podcasters, which is like, there's no cool podcaster, but like the fact that I wanted that so badly. And then you're like, wait, if I can just, if I can just be me, there's like, eventually people will catch up to that. And then the people that those are your people, you know? And I think it's like wanting to be liked by everybody or or liking everybody until they, I don't know. But I really understood that. Um, do we, and I really, and I don't want to say like, I like Lisa and her family. I really loved her kids. I, all of that stuff, but I hope, I hope in the second season we get to see more interaction and also Meredith, 
um, uh, a beautiful woman, but like at a certain point, uh, disengaging is not going to like, we got to engage here. Like, I mean, at a certain point where you're like, you better engage this season. Like we can do that three I more don't know, times. You're going to see me. I take cues from all of my housewife friends. And I just, I try to, I try to be a Lisa. I try to be a Meredith. I try to be a Jen. I try to be all of them. Wait, how do you be a, how do you be a Mary? How are you a Mary? Um, Mary, <laughs> you know what? I don't have the skill set to be a Mary. If I, if I had to be a Mary, you would have to strip yourself of all inhibition, all context and go absolutely empathically into the emotion of the moment and just look for that person's vital organ and get them. <laughs> I love I, you guys did a really cool thing on the reunion on the second part of the reunion. You guys went really into Mary's life, which they usually don't do on a reunion where we got more out of the Mary section than we did in the entire season. And you kind of heard you fleshed out Mary's story more. And I really thought that was one of the smartest moves that Real Housewives of Salt Lake did that. And also, I just got to credit whoever does the music for you guys, the ah, 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 like the, the, the choir and stuff like that. It was like, wow. <laughs> The, to be a part of this type of level of production with this level of women and the, who they are and the complexities that they are and their, um, I mean, I feel like a wet washcloth and I thought I was this loud, brash, opinionated go-getter. And I see, I, I think you would, I, see, I, like, Damn, I told people, <laughs> see, I thought my, my fear was that we were gassing you up so hard that by the second season, you might have the most inflated ego ever because I mean, I was like, I was like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like I, other people were like, well, but also Leah, that was happening to a, a little bit as well. And Tiffany Moon to a degree as well, that sometimes you're like the Bravo fandom goes so hard that I'm like, well, what does that do to a person's psyche where all of a sudden they are potentially insecure about things and now they're told they're the greatest thing ever. What does that do to somebody before they cameras roll again? Guys, I folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash 
credit card. I am pleased to announce that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I take mental health very seriously. It's something I realize that I have to work at on a daily basis. Now, that might be uh, going out and exercising. Uh, it might be starting your own podcast so you can talk out loud. Or it might be seeing industry professionals. And that's what BetterHelp does. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. No, it's not a crisis line. It's not that. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online. Um, now, I have visited many therapists over the years, and I have never tried one online until BetterHelp. And I have to tell you, it's amazing. I wish I had known about this years ago. Now, there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. In fact, during uh, this past year, it has been so impossible to see somebody in person. Um, but their service, BetterHelp, is available for clients worldwide. You can log in to your account anytime. You can send a message to your counselor and you will get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you don't want somebody seeing your face. If you're a little tired of the Zoom, you can even just do phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You guys, I when I used to have a job, I would leave my job for my break, rush over to my therapist, sit in the waiting room, <laughs> wait for my turn, go there, and then have to fight LA traffic all the way back to work. I don't have to do that any longer with BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And I love this part. Uh, I love this part. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is even available. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Guys, I'm telling you, I do this. This means something to me. I know it could mean something to you. Please give it a shot. So, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So, that means you can get somebody at a moment's notice. That is so important. Our mental health is so important. And this is just, this is a great part. Special offer for So Bad It's Good listeners. You guys can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S-O-B-A-D. The one last thing I'll say is just go visit the website. Just do that one small step. I'm telling you, you're going to like what you see. And I think you'll take the next step to join. Well, I can tell you, like, and I said this at the reunion, that it, the, the experience of being on this show has been transformative. And I can say that, which is, you know, that seems kind of lofty, you know, <laughs> like you go on, <laughs> and it's, but to be very clear, like I, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty dead inside. Like my tagline that they didn't accept was I'm, I may be the, I, I may be dead inside, but I'm still the life of the party. <laughs> and, Wait, that's did you think that was in the running for the something they would actually take? I'm dead inside. I thought like this and this is what this is what's happening here. So everything to me is a gift and kind of a 
an, an unexpected blessing. I yeah. hate that term, but you're also, I'm also at the point in my life where I'm, I'm coming out of an identity that defined every single choice I've ever made. And so I feel like it was transformative because I lost my religion, but I found faith in humanity because yeah. I, the, this journey of me going from when they first announced the show and there were rumors that I was involved, everyone was like, well, hell no, she's not involved. And then it became clear. Then they announced that I was involved and the campaign kind of before even they announced it, the campaign locally on social media against me and Whitney was really horrible. And I'm saying horrible in the context of like, you know, world tragedies. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible yeah, yeah, yeah. of anything major, but it was horrible for me. Personal tragedies are just, yeah. A, yeah. You know, in the small community, I have these young kids. I've decided to do this show. I don't know how popular it's going to be. And all of a sudden, the only thing I'm getting from it is just absolutely slandered on social media. And they're, you know, they didn't, they wouldn't even use our pictures. They would use, because I didn't have a big social media following. I was private, you know, I was just a yeah. mom. And they would use the, they would use the ass from uh, Shrek for Whitney and they'd use Shrek for me. And those are the only pictures they would show. They would, uh, people, insiders were like leaking where we were filming. They would make fun of every outfit we wore. They would make fun of me. I was clearly the underdog. No one knew why I was there. They just trolled me so, so badly that they had two of the sites shut down for bullying. Oh my God. Oh my and, God. I, and I was, I never complained. I was never a part of it. I just went private. And I didn't go on Instagram ever, which was hard for me because social media was such a community and that's how I built my business, but I had to shut it down. I just had to not go on because it was like, Everything, all of your worst fears growing up of what people are judging you for came true in an instant. And there was nothing to counteract it. There was nothing. There was no one hearing me speak, knowing anything about my life. They were judging me from a, a curated social media standpoint, which I had not done well. And they were putting me up against women like Lisa, yeah. Meredith, Jen. You know, and I'm coming in like, you know, with my dress barn outfit <laughs> and my shoes that I love, but they fit, you know what I mean? And it was, it just felt like confirmation that what you had always doubted, but your parents said, no, people like you for you. And people like you because you're smart and people like, cause you're funny. That, that was all proven to be false. As you kind of know, you know, you're like, no, actually mom and dad, yeah. this is what matters. <laughs> so, but nobody and tells you about that when you get to the age where you realize your parents are just liars, just huge liars. liars. Yeah. Yeah. Just liars. And so it kind of, all of those deep rooted, like things that you've worked through your whole life to get over became manifest because truly, if you look at a lot of social media, that's what it's based on, right? Like just the big brass rings. And then the show aired and all of a sudden things that I didn't even know I was doing, like when I didn't even know the camera was recording me, like flapper with cankles or- I mean, that was a great line, but that was a beautiful, that was a funny ass line. That's why- boy, boy. cameras on me. I didn't know, I had no idea, you know? But if you can, but that's who you are. And that's what's so amazing is you're that funny without like, so- um, uh, speaking of your business, oh, beauty lab at the end of the first season, you have the kind of opening or, you know, um, but then we hit a pandemic, which is like what I understood about the pandemic is that we weren't going to beauty labs. Exactly. Uh, I mean, so we shut down, we shut our doors immediately about a week after filming the finale and our yeah. opening. So we had this beautiful space. Meredith wore the first mask of any pandemic. She had the first face clairvoyant. mask. Totally clairvoyant. And so the season finale of 
of season one of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was the Held Up Beauty Lab, and that was our grand opening. And that was um, a week before the pandemic hit and the lockdown started. So we immediately shut our doors and we were closed until May. And then we opened up in May and um, we've been doubling our business since May. A lot of that was people were like, I don't want to risk not getting my services, but a lot of it has been the show. Yeah. And just the new space allows us to have bigger growth. And so we're seeing that and it's been amazing. And, you know, totally are people coming in to see you now? That's a, uh, I have a Patreon and I have people were quite you know, like, are like, are people coming in just to say, is Heather here? You know? Yeah. And it's like women that totally relate. Like you're saying like women that get, they're just like, I feel you like a lot of marginalized Mormons, a lot of gay Mormons. Um, part of like the process of leaving the church is a lot like coming out because you're basically saying the identity that I want to, who I was born to be is incongruent with the faith I'm supposed to live and the, the beliefs of my family and my community. And so it's hard. You yeah. Know, because you, you can be- still, I mean, and we're, we're, we're entering pride month right now, which I was like, yeah. I just, I find that such a weird fallacy for God to be all loving and all opening with arms. But then if you're gay, that's not, you know, like that's just so it's like, Gay people love God just as much as straight people love God. You know, it's like God such a bizarre. Exactly. More than, more than these straight people. I think, I think God loves gay people more. I'm just going to say it. Well, I do. <laughs> okay. um, do you have 15 more minutes or do you got to go? No, I'm time. I'm great. Okay. I'm great. Okay. Cool. Cool. I like, wait, I feel like we barely got started. How long? We just started? barely got started. I just want. I don't want to be rude. I could talk to you for hours and hours. But um, okay. are well, we? I feel like we've gone on and on. Okay. Perfect. I know this is my favorite thing ever. So thank you. But um, I got to ask something that's potentially upsetting to me personally. Okay. Are we seeing you dating this season? Not at all. What? <laughs> Yay! And by the way, if that Alex from Below Deck wants to step up, he's got a thing coming. Was this uh, Listen, Below Deck? I am so guy? into Alex from Below Deck. I can't even, t- I mean, aren't you okay. into Alex from Below Deck? No, I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not into Alex. No, he's going to, he's going to hurt your feet. No, he's going to hurt you, Heather. Um, I just want uh, him to be my, like my uh, wingman. We were talking about meeting in Cleveland and going to an Indians game or something fun, like something random, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think season two is really, Jen is still the star of the show. You asked me in the beginning of this interview, like, how could she not be? recognize your star <laughs> potential? Yeah. And it doesn't fade. So season- yeah, but, but Heather, it doesn't, I mean, there's a whole nother thing now propelling that star power. I mean, like that, that to me is a whole nother ball of wax that I, I mean, in fact, like, I just wonder sometimes if you guys, and I don't think you can answer this, like, are you guys shocked she still kept filming? That That's the only thing that like, I mean, it just, it really hit all the Bravo fandom so hard that I was even like, are you, cause because all of that leaked stuff had come out already that had nothing to do with any government things. So I was like, I thought that was going to be her season two story of like, who was leaking all of this crap of her yelling at people. And that's what I thought was going to be. So when this happened, it was just kind of blew all of us away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I know you can't talk about that. So more about the, uh, the first way. Well, what I would be- like to say though, honestly, in response to that is you asked if I was shocked that she kept filming. I was grateful. She kept filming. I felt, I feel like a lot of what Jen does, um, entertains us all season yeah. one. Speaking season, season one, I would season never one, yeah, yes. think her personal life would be fodder for entertainment. Be, I want to be very clear about that for season two. But 
like I think about the Kardashians and I know this is probably going to get me crucified, but I'm going to be honest with you, Ryan. If you look at the Kardashians and I, and people love to just throw shade and be horrible. But like when my, when I talk to anyone that cares to listen, if you look at the things that they have publicly processed, I mean, a transgender of cross-dressing, then a transgender dad who undergoes gender reassignment and they celebrate, they're like, we're at my dad's birthday and it's Caitlyn Jenner's beautiful yeah. birthday with her beautiful part. You know what I mean? And it's- Well, you, I, I, I recap, I recap every episode of the Kardashians on Fridays. And that's what I always say. I say, love them or hate them. That family has gone through divorce, transitions, uh, but, but also go, going from going from a family that, I mean, they were, they were well off, but nowhere like to, to billionaires, you know, like you watch, you talk about aspirational, but then at the same time, we're watching it where it's not all that you see how much pain they go through that almost causes this. I mean, and also it seems like every, the biggest problem the Kardashians have are men. Like men is, you could really transfer it down to men being every one of their issues because by themselves, they've managed to- not just a micro, macrocosm of the world. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they, their biggest, like the biggest detriment to the Kardashians are men. But other than that, like Kris Jenner will never know how good of a businesswoman she is because she portrays herself a certain way on TV. And that person is not the person who's made all this happen. Like she has got to be, I would love to see her in real action. Um, but speaking of Kardashians, you know, you, you seem like all of us where you watched all of these shows, not just Bravo. I mean, did you, were you, do you watch the Kardashians? Do you, what do you watch? Uh, I mean, well, I'm a, I'm a, listen, I'm a reality junkie. I, I watched mostly New York, but all the housewives. I started with OC, of course. Um, I've watched Kardashians, but not to the point where I would, um, you know, not like I could dissect it, a uh, housewives of New York. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 but I, of course, love, we have a, a oil painting mural of Kylie Jenner in our beauty lab. Like she is our muse because she took thin lips at 16 and filled them and created a billion dollar empire based on something that like held her back. And if anyone wants to say you should be above your thin lips, I would say Kylie Jenner. <laughs> well, okay. Wait, speaking of Kylie, you have one of the greatest honors that I, I, Cause this person, like, I feel like, oh my God, this makes like uh, Rihanna follows you. Rihanna, man. I know. Like she Rihanna, like too. what's that? She follows Whitney too. Whitney's just like cool. See, that's it. what I'm like. But see, Rihanna gets it. Like Rihanna, the people that Rihanna follow, you got to pay attention to because she gets it. Like, has she ever DM'd yet? Or have you ever go, what's up, Rihanna? Like, have you ever DM'd her? Listen, Rihanna is cool as shit, obviously. I don't need to tell you that. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Rihanna sent me a message that is like, I, I would, if I, I have a Stevie Nicks playlist that her security guard gave me from a pop-up concert she did. Okay. I was like, I was like, you're talking to her <laughs> security now? <laughs> what I'm saying is I have that framed and on display. And when Rihanna DM'd me, I was like, this is going to, I'm going to make this like a poster in my office, but it's so sacred to me. The it's like the woman, the prophetess, the woman, it's sacred scripture, but it's like, you look at Rihanna and she and who she is and so, you know, authentically herself and this empire she's created and the things she's gone through. I, yeah, it's like, it, it's unbelievable to me that I could connect with her and other women I admire. Like, I just want to say like the women that have DM'd me, I admire them so much. The fact that they would even like hit the message button and be like, love you. 
it, it changes, it changes what we're talking about. Like when all of your deepest fears of like what the world values is real, once the show aired and it wasn't just based on like an Instagram image, it was like based on the footage and the content and the stuff that they saw every week, then to go from being absolutely like hated and, you know, mocked and just being embarrassed every time you showed up to film because people that energy radiated onto me and wit and like, nobody really wanted to interact with us in scenes. They didn't want to like sit next to us at the dinner. They didn't want to have anyone know that they were there, our friends because the stink was on us and it was perpetuated by some of our castmates. But it so shows it you there's difficult. strength in that. That's what I thought was so cool about the season What that there is strength in underdogs. There is strength in that. And, and I, I feel it's funny uh, with housewives. Now we look at it as almost like a uh, survivor, you know, like where, you know, what tactic are you going to use here? And, and, you know, we're like, okay, who, who's going to come onto the show and who do we need to take off the show? And half the time the fans mm-hmm. aren't even really like Bravo's not like going like, what does Ryan think? We need, you know, like Bravo's <laughs> going to do what Bravo's going to do, but it is funny. We, we now ha- like we now hash out these scenes so intensely that I I think even the producers might be like why are they going this deep with everything because you see online how deep we go with like fan theories and stuff like that like it's got to be shocking when sometimes the truth isn't even as exciting as the things we're coming up with no, yeah i mean it's just like it's it's just a fascinating to have people I feel like the Bravo fans are like my fans. Like they're my people. Like they're the ones that are home like me watching 600 pound life and hoarders and intervention. Those are my shows. Oh, do you watch 90 day fiance? Do you watch 90 day? Of course. I have a, I have a 90 day fiance mug. Hold. <laughs> of course, you know exactly whose it is. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Larissa. Who, who is the best queen will die? <laughs> yeah, you're Colty, man. Uh, Colty is the most expensive prostitutes, my darling. <laughs> no, I Colty. I Did love you Colty's married. Did you see Colty's married again? No, I've got to Col- watch. I love Colty got married again. Colt. Colt had a whole glow up too, which I loved. I love well, Colt's glow up. Okay. Oh, this is actually a Patreon listener said, if they were to go to your beauty lab as a beginner, what would you recommend for a beginner uh, that somebody that just walks in off the street? This is a, a girl, a lady from my Patreon asked this. Okay, well, someone that walks in off the street, I'd be like, <laughs> hi, let's get you a t-shirt and a bottled water. Like yeah. what? I mean, if you come to beauty lab, it's, we would say, what is it that's keeping you, that's holding you back? Like, what is it when you wake up, you're just like, God damn, I cannot even look in the mirror until I put on lip gloss and put spoons on my eyes or whatever it is that's keeping you. Like every, every woman knows, like, they'll be like, it's, a, it's the bags under my eyes or it's this age spot on my cheek or it's that my lips are small. You know, it's just some stupid little thing that no one else notices or cares about, but it's integral to your identity. And we'd be like, Let's fix it. Not fix it. Let's address it. How did you get into like the beauty lab business to begin with? Like, how did that even start to become something? I know it's you and your partner. Uh, I'm forgetting her well, name. Dre. Dre. I've been, Dre's my partner, but I've been, a, I've been, um, I think it's, I think entrepreneurs are born. I think it's in you just to be like entrepreneurial and just kind of be, I'm fascinated and passionate about business. I always have been as a young kid. I, you know, worked at 15, leveraged my yogurt job for a better yogurt yogurt job, entered speech contests, like always just, you know, hustling side gigs, 
worked for my dad, had side gigs for my dad, you know, like we whitewater rafted, it like rinse out his, but you know what I mean? Just ways to like side gig economy. I was yeah. always into it. And then at, in college I had a business and I was passionate about earrings and having that business. But um, basically I was a photographer, a stay at home mom that wanted to, that kind of started a photography business, fashion photography. And then I started a social media business and I had a friend that approached me and said, do you want to do social media in exchange for free Botox? And I said, sure, why not? You know, like stretch my budget and do trade. So I was doing trade for Instagram posts and photography. I would get influencers that I was friends with, take their pictures, have them come to the uh, plastic surgeon's office and I'd get free services. And he got an offer for a different job. Like, um, his business was failing. It was not doing well at all. And I saw so many problems with it. And then he offered it to me and I had a divorce settlement. So I bought him out and just said, let's go for it. Let's see what I That's can crazy. Like, make it better. It was such a horrible business. The business model, the whole medical industry, the whole cosmetic injection industry. It was like walking into like a scrape off home and being yeah. an architect in church, I'd be like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, let me clear this out and build something. And so we just started a purely cosmetic injectable business kind of for our demographic, young millennials that just wanted lips, cheeks, Botox, and yeah. out the door. Is it, is it great? I mean, did it feel like a perfect fit though? No, I hate the industry. I don't even wash my own face. <laughs> but like... I also love, I also, you know, I'm in it now. And it was, and it, was, it was just an opportunity that crossed my path and I was dead inside. So I said, well, why not? What, what do I have to lose besides money? You know? And so I did it and, and we turned it around. And within two years, we were one of the biggest med spas in the city. And we're in a sat, we have, there are more med spas in Salt Lake city per capita than Beverly Hills. We are so saturated. We are a saturated plastic surgery med spa capital of the world. We're like top 10 always. Okay. Wow. I know that's, that's actually, well, somebody, and somebody pointed this out on the Patreon. They said, and I don't know if this is true that you guys give free laser treatments for scars to women of abuse. Is that, is that true? Yes. Well, we have a foundation called don't leave, which is, it's a, it's a foundation to promote mental health awareness, but specifically we offer free laser treatment for scar removal for self-harm or uh, track marks from drug addiction. So oh, if awesome. you have a lot of self, a lot of women self-harm on their arms, their upper arms or their legs. And it's not a problem until summer comes around and then they don't want these triggers or these scars to be revealed. And so we offer in, you know, free laser treatments to treat scars of self-harm and or drug abuse. And that's really uh, like what we're passionate about. I would say 30 to 40% of our business every day is for the foundation and charitable. Holy wow. That's huge. I mean, that's so, um, huge. Uh, it's this huge. is a terrifying. It's terrifying that that many people have self-harm scars and track marks. That's that should be reflective of our society that people are in pain and we need to address it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, it is. It's like everybody has this huge thing that they go through that usually is kept in the secret. So it's like amazing that this kind of stuff encourages people to, you know, I don't know it's amazing. Um, this is also about, uh, Somebody asked, um, all the positive feedback that you got this season that you received from all of the fans, does it make, um, did it make you rethink? So throughout the season, you had spoken about your regrets of, uh, your, your marriage ending, but having all of this positive feedback and, and even seeing that single rider image, which is crap. I mean, it's just such a great image 
uh, did it make you rethink of like, no, I'm pretty good. Like, I mean, this is actually, I'm, I'm kind of might be like, it might be exciting to not be in a marriage right now. Is that any part of your thought process? Of course, of course, of course. And what all the positive feedback I got, it really supplemented kind of the losses I was feeling in terms of my family and my community and my religion. And I am, so that's why it was transformative because I felt so much love and appreciation for the things that were effortless for me, for just who I was, not for that people weren't DMing me like, you're so hot, you know, where are your shoes from? Like they were DMing me like, you made me laugh. I understand. I felt that pain. No one's ever articulated that for me. I felt a community of same spirits, you know, and I felt like I trauma bonded with a lot of women and a lot of gay Mormons and a lot of ex-Mormons and a lot of Catholic women, you know, that were never married because they were waiting for the right guy, you know, or never, yeah. you know, just all these, all these sacrifices we make in terms of as women and, and men too. It's just, I felt like the positive feedback helped me let go of a lot of the things that I thought were only people only cared about. Like people yeah. only care about your looks and how large you live and how extra you are. Cause that's what yeah. it felt like for a long time. And then the Bravo fan and Bravo universe kind of came in and said, no girl, we like when they, you think the mic's not on, you know yeah. what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. No, that's, I mean, like, that, like when you ask somebody to save your hamburger, you know, that type of stuff made season two for me a lot more freeing because I just showed up as me. I didn't show up as like, I've got to be a housewife because the Bravo fans need a housewife, like find me some designer gear. You know, I just showed up as me and because I realized that that's what worked and what kind of hit. So it was a gift. It was like this, you know, total gift. And I, was there another part of that question? <laughs> no, it was just saying that like, I mean, it, there is this aspect of it potentially of like, you know, like that, that moment when you realize, I, I remember there was one moment after my marriage that like, it was, set, oh. it's, but it, it keeps coming back and forth where I was like, well, this, this might, this might be okay. Like this, 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 maybe this is going to be okay. Like, and I mean, it still goes back and forth with me, but there is something for me where I was like, okay, wait a sec, my world, I'm, I'm still here, you know? Yeah. No, I would have to say that with all the wonderful good things and the daily happiness and joy, like there is just a deep sadness in me that'll probably never go away. Yeah. That you said something so earlier. I'm not raising my children and my grandchildren with, you know, yeah, you, uh, you said something that not raising my children with the father, with the father, you know, but I think we saw like a love though, between your family, even in, I mean, that's TV and stuff, but like even, uh, Billy or I'm not sure his last name or, you know, like it, it seemed like, it seemed like that family unit was potentially still strong, you know, and you saw how well raised your daughters were. And so I almost thought like you are in, in a sense, teaching them to be better people, like, and stronger people in, and, and that's of course my, my Bravo Sunday morning, Monday morning quarterback, but no, you said no, something earlier. Like, yeah. Daily. Of course, I'm happy to not stay married to Billy. That's his, and it's Billy gay. You know, I'm, I know that it's universally happier and easier and better, but I can't, I still have not like, you know, cause the story's unfinished, you know? And I also yeah. don't want to want to be 80 and have to have like seven families blended, you know, for the marriage of our granddaughter. Does that make sense? Like I it just totally does. 
specific view of the family I wanted for my kids, you know, and I have to, I'm still working on redefining that. And I'm obviously still totally messed up. (laughs) But at least you're honest about it. You had said something earlier that resonated so hard with me was that you said, uh, you know, you picture your life going a certain way. And then once it doesn't, you're like, well, all bets are off. I didn't even, you know, in terms of going to a Bravo show, it wasn't like, I was like, like, so like people are like, isn't it weird you do a podcast now? Like you were, you know, I'm like, yeah, at this point it's all weird. Like I don't even, at this point you couldn't have told me, but like now I feel like I'm just living on bonus time, you know, where it's like, I didn't think my life, what I thought was going to go this way. And now it's totally off track, but it's, it's okay. It's like a, it's weird and cool in certain ways. And I get to talk to people like you, but it's not what I thought was happening and what I thought. And, uh, that's the thing that sometimes will like haunt me at night is that you have that image of like standing up in front of your friends or God or anything. And you're like, well, how does anybody ever trust me ever again? Because I said, this was gonna, I said, this was gonna happen and I commit, you know, and then it didn't like that, that stuff will just sometimes just haunt you. I don't like wake up in the middle of the night, haunt you, you know, um, this super funny, you guys future generations, you know, how do we tell them like, guess what? Like it's mostly for us, like people like you and me, it's, it's unmet expectations. It's not that our lives right now suck, you know, people like you're Ryan Bailey, man. You have like, I heart media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, pull this quote, put, put this quote on your vision board, Ryan, put this quote on your, um, I'm going to frame this like you did with the Rihanna thing. Um, yeah. uh, there is something funny that uh, I think was one of the, it's tragic because in its specificity, but it was really weirdly funny because I don't think anybody's ever brought up the movie, scary movie three in the way you brought it up. <laughs> Literally. I was like, did she say scary movie three? Like, he, you guys walked out of scary movie three. And then it was like, does that mean you guys saw the first two? There were so many questions. Man, that movie. You just thought it was an easy way to spend some time as, you know, newlyweds on an Island. And I was trying to be the cool girl that does whatever the guy wants to do. I didn't want to go to a movie. I was in. I, was I thought, in- well, I thought you were the one that wanted to go to scary movie three. And then he was like upset that it was like dirty. No, I'm in Hawaii. I want to, ha- and I'm, I'm a virgin. I want to have sex and walk on the beach and eat filet mignon that's all i want to do on my honeymoon is just do it over yeah. and over and over and so i'm just like you want to go to a movie like you 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 want like a three-hour break from me okay and, and, scary, you know? and, and like, scary movie three of all movies it wasn't like titanic or something you know no, it was yeah it was just like i was just trying to be the cool girl and then we had to walk out which is both humiliating and devastating when you're three days into a marriage i think they were this is an entire glory hole back in the hotel room <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that uh, they were probably used to walkouts with Scary Movie 3. I have a feeling that they were used to uh, not people staying. I've never watched it since that day. Um, <laughs> well, I don't, that's, I've, yeah, no, I, that's a good, that's a good call. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Andy meeting Andy, was that, that, that amazing experience? Cause you see <laughs> how much you love. Yeah. He's a ridiculously handsome and charming and, and was it fun to see how he operates? Because I think sometimes, and what I loved about your reunion was he was like, I think he was on point because he genuinely loves you guys because you're new, you guys brought it and you could see the glee in his eyes. Like, I think sometimes he was just like, wow. And I love that when Andy gets excited, you know, did you, but you see that too, right? Well, you, want, you, want Andy, you want to make Andy laugh. You know, yes. You, want Andy you got a three, you got a three part reunion. They didn't like, they had to do three parts, you know? 
people would get up and go to the bathroom. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. Like, I'm, I'm not leaving. I just want to be by him. If he gets up to leave, I'll leave. But if he's here, I'm staying. I'm good. You know, Were you, yeah. did he, did he let you geek out? Did he let you ask questions about housewives and stuff like that? Or did you, did you play it cool? Like you no, weren't meeting a beetle. I played it cool because, you know, tensions were high. Yeah. We were thrilled to be there. We were thrilled in the pandemic that they had made it happen. And they're professionals just like, get here, get this done. It was a long reunion. You know, it was like, I don't know how long we we're there, but three episodes worth, you know? And you guys had to, I think, pick up filming pretty quickly after that. So that must've been really intense to go from that to going back into that. That's got to just like set up like weird uh, things that hopefully we'll see, but it, it's got to be really awkward for a person to like, I, I just get nervous about situations where I know people don't like me. Like that just like, why, why would I go into that situation? You know? I think we like each other. No, oh, that would break my heart. That, by the way, if, if Heather Gay unfollows me after this, I know. Um, by the way, that's so funny because Heather, I wrote Heather <laughs> a fan letter, you guys. I think I wrote her a couple. And then I realized I was like, oh my God, what if she doesn't even run her own thing? And it's like some 15 year old boy fielding my letters, you know? But it's you. I, well, some people you're I know hire. Great guy in the Bravo universe, you know that, right? Like you're literally the only. Straight I'm so scared for the. I'm so scared for the next straight guy to come because they're gonna be like, "Well, Ryan ain't shit." There's another straight guy. Yeah. Like I'm literally like, I'm 26. The, I have a 12 pack, and I do everything. <laughs> yeah, if there's a guy, <laughs> if there's a guy with one ab that comes into this, I'm screwed. Like my my whole magic is gone. Um, uh, okay, it's so we're about, I'm the vampire for straight male energy and. People are always like, oh, are you dating so much? I'm like, do you guys think that like straight men besides Ryan Bailey watch Bravo Housewives? They don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, I'll take, you know what? I'm I'm fine with that. I'm proud of what I Find like. Find your this niche, is, man. Find your niche and stick uh, with it. That's right. I, but I, I don't know why I genuinely love these shows, but I have since I was like, I've, I've loved reality shows since I was a kid. And then this was just like a natural extension of that. People were like, well, did your ex get you into it? I was like, no, I got myself into it. And all my friends watched. You know why you love stuff. them? You love them because it is humanity played yes. out. And it's, it's every single dramatic human element in a way that's both entertaining and fascinating. Like, I love them too. Like, I yeah. love them. I listen to your podcast. Like, I, I, the same things that turn you on about it and fascinate you are, are for me too. I just who's can't your, believe I'm on it. Who's your favorite housewife? Or before you even started this process, who was your favorite? I just, um, well, the problem is, you know, it's like everything. There's no favorite. You know, I love it, it's a non. Yeah. It's a sports team. Everyone's just like, you're my favorite. I'm like, listen. Shaq, and it goes season Kobe, to season. It goes season to season you need too. A full bench. Yeah, you need a full team to make this happen. You just want, you don't want to see me going around. Nobody's. I if I have my burger at the table and nobody's going to take it, there's nothing to do there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. A, it's an ensemble. It's a team sport for sure. So every single housewife I adore, but like as far as personal affinity, I. Don't know how to explain it, except that like Sonia Morgan can make me weep. Like she can just like F when she is upset about the Morgan letters and everyone's Last mocking week, yeah. her. Yeah. I'm just like, I feel it. The gold whole Garth thing. I get it because it happens and it's just a weird microaggression that you get with in with women. And you'll you see it a lot with season one with me, like just like, well, I need my husband or where's my husband? I need to go get a hug for my husband. Like just kind of these little emphasis of like constant reminder that you're a single and alone and which is not necessarily a bad thing, but 
because you're aware of it. Like, yeah, I'm oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, I'm yeah, showing yeah, yeah. up aware of this. So I've already had to, you know, show up here solo. So I'm, I know what I'm facing, but like, just kind of that emotional thing. I love Sonia. She makes me laugh. I think that she's kind and funny and outrageous and totally uninhibited. And she's also, um, I feel her pain from her divorce. Yeah, you see that. And unfortunately, it comes out, it, you know, when she drinks, it exacerbates that and it kind of comes out in these explosions, which I think, unfortunately, is really entertaining to watch as much as you worry about her. Because you can't like we we now have been so many seasons with Sonia that she comes like it's like the audience. We feel like we know you guys. And I know that's like um, sometimes hard because we don't know you guys. But like for Sonia, like even Ramona. I don't love everything Ramona does, but like at this point, Ram like Ramona can get away with things with me where no other person can, because it's like Ramona, like, I, you know, like, I mean, are you, she, she is, and she's hilarious and it's great. I don't like totally appropriate woke, always doing the right thing. Housewives. Like that's, I like people that are crazy and messed up and funny and unapologetically themselves and open to like evolving and changing because that's who I think I am. And so I certainly hope that I'm not, you know, blazing a trail for appropriateness. You know? <laughs> hey, hey, as your, as your, uh, your, your catchphrase that didn't take off, you're dead inside. So like, it's, it's fine. You know, um, uh, are you excited for I'm Bravo? Are you excited for BravoCon though? Cause you can meet Sonia. You're going to be able to meet all of these people and you're a part of it now. It's like, it's like you're in the Avengers or justice league or something, you know? Like it's going to be I, wild. You, I want you to edit this out, but like Sarah Catherine Paulson DM'd me and like Lisa Rinna and some of the OGs. And yeah. I'm just like, please, I don't even know how to respond. I'm like, do I do the prayer emoji? Do I do the <laughs> emoji with a giant kiss mark? Like I, I will eat your ass. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. Hey, but also, yeah, don't trust some of them. They just want you as they're going to use you as uh no, I, I do sometimes find it funny. Um, the housewives that all get together from other casts and stuff like that. So it's like, and then sometimes I'm like, are they just like campaigning? Are they trying to win people? Like, I, I always just think these random thoughts that are just like probably wrong. It feels, I'll tell you, and I'm, I'm naive and I'm, you know, obviously a huge newbie, but it feels strangely, absolutely safe. Like the safest place I could be is like when I'm in a room with like Bronwyn and we're, I can just say whatever I want to say because she knows my vulnerability and I know hers because we're both in, in it all of a sudden. Does that make sense? Like it, it does. Feels it, it does. Like, but, like we know yeah. the secret code. So we're in the sorority. Like I won't screw you if you don't screw me, but then people screw you. Well, that's what I, I mean that, that, well, to me, that's what like, I don't, do you, you watch Beverly Hills, right? Or you started, yeah. Or, yeah. Well, like Rinna yeah. to me, yeah, like, well, like I didn't love how she Rinna threw Denise under the bus. And then this season I'm, I see that she, this is when I say it's like survivor Rinna's making up with uh, Garcelle because Garcelle, she wants it to be yeah. cool. But at the same time, Garcelle's like, I don't trust Rinna as far. And I, that to me is like when it's like becomes a game. Whereas I feel like you guys are still in a second season where it's not like game moves. You guys are actually living life still, you know? Yeah, and you don't I have any, you, you don't have any new people. Well, you have one new person, but I don't think we can talk about that. You know? Yeah. We have uh, some new, new exciting additions, but it feels, I always, I genuinely have never once thought I want to be mean to her for the show, or I want to um, make up with her 
for the show. Like that was, that is so far removed from our circle of needs. Like our needs are, we are vulnerable, scared and drunk. And I need a friend in this at dinner. You know what I mean? (laughs) Would you, is there anything you would take back from this whole experience in terms of filming? Like that was the one line I wish they didn't air. That was the one, was there anything that was just like, damn. I mean, Ryan, every single time I'm on camera, I'm just like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not like what you don't like. It's hard for you to watch. Uh, no, I know, but like, is there one thing of like, damn, I really misspoke on that one, you know? Um, yeah, I would take back 90% of the reunion. I didn't understand. I thought I was supposed to go out there like it was the Super Bowl and fucking leave everything on the field, like every dirty, negative thought, this anger I'd had I just needed to purge it because then I was gonna start fresh with a new bracket on Monday and like obviously I didn't think that through (laughs) yeah because that is not uh productive for anyone and it also um didn't feel good you know it didn't feel good at all and I really I have no intention to do anything other than just show up and have fun and kind of um expose our freak to the world (laughs) Cause it's good. I mean, that's a bit, well, I mean, but you filmed this second season so quick. Like, are we getting another third season before October potentially? Is like that. I mean, listen, I get, I would hope, I hope yeah. I get the third season. I was thrilled to be invited back for season two and to be a part of it. And to, I'm grateful to Jen for filming it. I'm grateful to her family for letting her film it. I'm grateful that we get to, but are you nervous? Like about all of it? I mean, like, I just, I get nervous. I mean, I got just, not, I mean, as a friend of hers, and and by the way, I go really hard on Jen. I make, I mean, I well, I make fun of the situation, and I considered myself Shaw Squad, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. But I mean, it, it's just a, it's it's rarefied air. I mean, Erica Jane's potentially going through something similar, but it just, I don't think these shows have really touched on this before. Where I was like, oh my god, is an FBI agent going to have a talking head this season? You know, like I get nervous about like. I mean, just, this is, this is uncharted territory, you know? Yes. yes. yes it is. So no, I will. And I'll speak to that. Like I, um, I don't get worried that, um, listen, the easiest thing for me to do would be, be to wash my hands of this woman. You know, yeah. she has certainly established, you know, a way out for me, you know, like, she did that the first season she did that potentially the first season yeah you know she's given me plenty of reasons to dip and I am not dumb but I don't want to dip and like I think about what she's facing and I want to lean in because I think good people can do bad things and she's in she's claiming she's innocent and I think even if she has to even if she gets convicted, wrongfully convicted, she can make things right and she can redeem herself and she can show up again for a family. And I guess I'm passionate about second chances because I felt like when I got divorced, I didn't have a second chance. Like it was done. And that sucks, you know? Yeah. Well, how can you redeem some of those hairstyles though? <laughs> That's what we tune in for. It all look good all the time. We about. Like you want us to show up messy. You want us to take risks. You want us. No, to but even cool. for me, this was. I was just like, uh, how are I got scared that the show was going to get canceled. I was like, we're done. We're done. That's, we cannot. That's my, that's my I mean, first thought. That was my thought. thought. Was that it's done? They they yeah. screwed. Like they can't continue with the show. So I was so relieved that the show was actually. 
I was relieved and scared that the show was still filming, but also, you know, you have that. I, I had a line that I was going to use on you and it didn't, uh, but I was just like, usually I was like, Oh, you guys must have really nothing to talk about this season. Cause nothing's happening probably. And, 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 and you guys have everything happening now. And it's like this, it's this weird, horrible gift for a housewife show of like, I mean, us Bravo fans better like strap up because I think this is going to be a wild ride, you know? Um, as someone that's a Bravo fan and also like, you know, straddling that fence and a housewife, like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be incredible. And it's everyone shows up and talks about everything and is experiencing it real time. And we're experiencing it real time. And so it's meta, 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 meta housewife drama. And, and yeah, but yeah. You know, we're, this is, this is happening and we're sharing it with the world. And so, you know, we need to give every, you know, we need to give everybody credit that they're willing to like air their dirty laundry because bad people do bad things every single day. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't make my bed today. I mean, like this is, <laughs> I, I, and Carl, Carl from somewhere else always says, make your bed to start the day. Um, uh, That's why Carl and I could never date. Andy tried to set us up. I like, saw oh, that. I was, I was, I was, I was livid when I saw Andy do that. Um, Heather Gay, you have spent so much time with us today. And honestly, this was, uh, this was a treat. I have, I have talked about wanting to talk with you since the very beginning of your first episode. And I am so proud of you. And that sounds so silly because I'm a no, but I'm so proud of you and how you hold yourself. And you are so inspirational, not just to women, but to me. Uh, and you're just funny as hell. And I hope this isn't the last time we talk because I just think you are the cat's pajamas. So I thought we you. were engaged. What do you mean? Well, we're not I don't, until the some, wedding day? Sometimes you'll get engaged and then you just don't speak to the other. That's, well, that's how not work. anymore, man. That was like <laughs> that was archaic times. I'm on the ship. I'm coming over. Okay, I'm, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, and and I'm telling you, if Scary Movie Four comes out, I will never take you to see that. There will be no Scary Movie Four in our future. <laughs> you can redeem. You can just create a glory hole for me, Ryan. And oh we'll my God. Okay. Oh, too much. My parents listen to this show. How dare you? They don't know. They've never seen. <laughs> American oh my god i had to i had to i made my mom watch uh summer house this uh and talk about it and she had never seen it and it was of course an episode where hannah's talking about putting like a penis in her mouth and i just oh. to watch my mom watch that and we we're both feeling deep shame in the same room as each other it's it's just horrible it's horrible wait do you let your do you let your family watch the show do you well, i mean i let my daughters watch it and i had to sit next to my daughters when their mother in a in a teal one shouldered gown said, I'm always looking for sex. I'm not <laughs> like in front of my teenage daughters, just like, hi girls. Did you have to be like, I was doing that for the cameras. I don't, you know, I don't even, I don't even like sex. <laughs> they laughed. They assumed I was just being funny. I'm usually just being funny because even if you're looking for it, doesn't mean you're getting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I definitely know what you mean. Okay. Uh, Heather, I hope you come on again. Uh, uh, we love you and, and thank you so much for doing this. And you're going to be my plus one for BravoCon, right? Is that, is that a done deal? You hear that, Alex? You hear that, Alex? It's done, brother. Sorry, dude. Alex already got his own cast. <laughs> <laughs> Alex has his own plus one. Betches.